0: Welcome to First Impressions.
1: How y'all doing? I'm Spencer. Today we're talking about Underberg and unintended consequences. I'm I'm Will.
2: Skirt, skirt. Belinda. (laughs) Thank you for the skirt, (laughs) skirt.
1: And that's Kevin. And that's Kevin, the one who's laughing and can't speak. Don't speak. I know just what you're thinking. (laughs) Oh, what is this? How's it going? don't, don't tell because it, it hurts.
0: hurts no no. <laughs> no
1: no so what are you drinking today
2: we are making a what's it called a swizzle
3: swizzle it is called a something something swizzle a
2: bermuda rum swizzle because yeah, i've been matter. thinking a lot about underberg and
1: uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. underwear just kidding. Underwear.
2: yes no Who so underberg it? I don't know if you've ever seen these in the mixer aisle at the grocery store. Some people have found them like in like the Heartburn area at Walgreens. Um, They are classified as like a digestive, and they're supposed to help with digestion sort of thing. So um, we noticed them, I don't know, you and I were out Kevin and saw them somewhere at a bar bar, and we were like, what are those tiny bottles? And they said, oh, it's Enderberg. And I think they just tore off the top and handed us each one and we,
3: you know, they're really adorable it? like right? if you want to pretend you're a giant yeah or...
2: sometimes you can <laughs> find these little boxes of three at the store like um i got this at a specialty food store like an import store um in draper but um yeah you can find them lots of places Where yeah did
3: you-, you, you can get them at most like mixer stores i know the cottonwood heights liquor store in utah has a mixer store nearby and they have them oh they um, do is that where
1: you got yours? No, I went down to Pirate O's. Oh, Pirate O's! Yeah, some that's weird pirate, what I was talking about. or not yeah. pirate? Some Trader Joe's from an alternate reality. I was gonna that say they have some
3: good booty there. That's what it
1: feels like. <laughs> uh, that's true. I know you, it's, it's one of those places you don't know if it's a strip club or if it's a grocery store, but you just go. Yeah. That's true. It's like yeah. a
2: shack on the side of the road with like a right. dirt driveway. Right, <laughs> it is. Parking the parking
1: <laughs> parking lot's all dirt. You're like, oh, I don't it, it comes it comes up on you suddenly. It's in a weird place interesting
2: <laughs> right
3: by the railroad tracks
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah for real right by the railroad tracks <laughs>
3: <What>? <laughs> yeah it's no it's a it's a fun store it you really think is, it was
2: yeah. fun well it's great yeah, yeah
1: they've got though. not to turn this into an ad for pirate O's, but they've got <laughs> stuff from all over the world like
2: oh yeah
1: just random and stuff
3: candy but also f- all kinds of food stuff and a huge selection of bottled sodas. Yeah. And, uh, like gourmet
2: food cheese, items. Or little things. Like local bread. Yeah, They
3: make sandwiches there, I think, too. It's
2: kind of yeah. random. Coffee, just
1: don't go somewhere. to the chilled food meat area. It smells weird. <laughs> That's
2: where For the real. sodas are, though.
1: Also the liverwurst, yes. Yes. <laughs> the liverwurst is point. there.
2: Good yeah, point. so, um, no, I saw like, a local bartender here. He had a, a picture of a cocktail uh, earlier this week of this beautiful, like big bulbous glass full of crushed ice um, and these pineapple leaf, you know, garnishes and everything. And this cute little darling bottle of Bundaberg overturned in the crushed ice. Um, and I was like, oh, that looks so fun. Um, so I've been on the lookout for a sort of tropical cocktail that uh, utilizes Bundaberg. I didn't find a lot. Um, it's, yeah. Most uh, fun ones are bartender, you know, but, secrets. You know,
3: really, because it's um, herbal and uh, kind of almost amaro or amaro, however you say yeah, it. Forward, um, You can kind of substitute it for an amaro in a cocktail, or, or potentially bitters bitter. or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so any any,
1: I'm surprised.
3: If you find something you want to try it. You can just substitute it, like I right. said. I'm you know. surprised or... I didn't
1: have to show ID. It's like 40% alcohol.
2: I no, know it's, it's classi- like a half ounce and
1: I read about
3: that it's classified under food and drinks oil herbs and spices in the yeah. United States by the FDA so Lucky huh. okay
2: yeah, no so need for me. a
3: liquor license it's kind of like kids
2: are buying almond extract or whatever <laughs> I, I don't think this is something teens you know binge it, on it, it so.
3: is 44% alcohol by volume so it's like almost 90 proof you know 88 proof is like, if you weren't a drinker, you'd have to drink several of them. I mean, but feel you can most, buy
1: three but... packs of them, apparently, so why not? It's
2: true. That's yeah. an ounce and a half of liquor that you could be drinking. Right I
1: now. have not tasted my underberg yet, so I don't, I don't even know what it tastes okay. like.
2: Okay, well. You can, you can you take can a
3: little s- sip out of the bottle of the when you're ready to add it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very herbal. So let me tell you can I tell you just a little bit yeah, more about Underbird? Uh, it was created and started to be produced in Germany in 1846. Uh, so it's been around for a minute um, from 1839 to about 1849 because of uh, World War II and lack of resources and whatnot. They did shut down for about a decade there. Um, but other than that, they've been around since 1846. And like I said, it's classified in the US as kind of a, 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 an herb or an oil kind of in that same realm. Um, so you can buy it outside of the liquor store, even in Utah. And um, yeah, that's really about all there is to say other than to say um, it contains herbs, aromatic herbs from 43 different countries.
2: And they age it um, in like an oak cask, like a Slovenian oak cask or something wild yeah. like that. I remember, yeah.
3: And it, it uh, is said to have um, digestion stimulating properties, relaxation, nerve calming substances, and naturally occurring vitamin B1. As a oh, of
0: fact. nice.
2: So, there you Getting go. Getting your vitamin so
3: this, this is our health conscious. So you, uh, episode, you can
1: get yeah. vitamin B without having to go into a weird house up some. <laughs> True. And shoot a shot it in up your by ass. Yourself. Uh.
3: But that you do on true. your own, yeah. If,
1: yeah. You, if you don't get the reference, I forget the what, episode, but just listen to all our episodes. Yeah, it's a fantastic good, story.
2: Yeah. Um, all right, let's 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 stir this up. So it calls for two different kinds of rum. So you could do two kinds of rum or just whatever rum you have on hand, uh, two ounces. So one ounce of, you know, maybe something dark, one ounce of something light, whatever you like. What are you I, using, Belinda? I used... Ooh, um, Spencer, you so don't I'm, like
1: that. <laughs> i mean i i took i took a swig right from the bottle so i mean a
2: swig is probably yeah i am
1: uh yeah it's herbal i'm appreciating the the complex flavors here
2: i'm making me a double so i did um um, uh one ounce of plantation uh pineapple and one ounce of uh, plantation five year it's the one in the cute you know strung up yeah, bottle with food, uh, food, the yeah. rope stuff you know and then um two ounces of the brigham 36 we used with the last run episode and then i did um a half ounce of grenadine kevin and i make our own grenadine it's so easy and it's much more delicious than anything you could ever buy at a grocery store um it's just pomegranate syrup equal amounts pomegranate juice and water and you yeah, no no add- water sugar I mean sugar sorry you're right thank you um and then we like to add like some spices and things uh since we heard about that from a friend um we put some a cinnamon stick in or a clove or orange flower water Um, so
3: on the batch I made today I did orange flower blossom water whatever it's called mm -hmm. um some peppercorns and some cloves it's really good yeah So any fun
2: spices that you think sound good, just boil it up. No, just just lend some complexity to it, you know, instead of just pink syrup from the store. (laughs) Um, um, And then uh, two ounces each of pineapple juice and orange juice, and we are going to mix that up. Uh, You can shake it. I thought it was a shake and drink. Kevin said it's a stir drink on the recipe, so we are going to stir the heck out of this, Um, and see how this tastes. I did not so have orange
1: or pineapple juice, so I just went with a strawberry peach. So hopefully, this where did added- you
2: get strawberry peach? It sounds that, so sounds, good. Tra-
3: that sounds Trader Joe's like as it well. Had-
1: <laughs> I had brunch earlier, and a friend brought some over, so uh, I just had that left over. Um, so- but I-, I did add some lime to kind of like add, some- add some uh, acidity to it.
3: So uh, I'm stirring my, I went ahead and pre measured my stuff. So Me I'm too. Stirring. But um, I went ahead and crushed up some ice and put it in a glass in advance, pre-garnished everything. But then I put additional bigger ice in my mixing glass um, so that it breaks down, it chills while not breaking down so quickly. And then I'll strain out this ice and pour it over the crushed ice when I'm done. The beautiful thing about these little bottles too is you may think I'm joking but they make a beautiful garnish um for your drink and i think both belinda and i will probably show you that go ahead and strain mine off
2: so if you don't have crushed ice um and you're just you know serving it in a coop or something other way you can just incorporate it into your stirred uh ingredients Um, but i like to see it kind of twist
3: down into the drink because I'm pulling it, out. So, so pulling it out. So I went ahead and here, let me move my straw so that's not so <laughs> problematic. Well, let me fix that. I went ahead and just uh, dumped the underberg in and left the bottle right on top there. Oh. So I got the underberg bottle and I got some cherries and a pineapple wow. leaf garnish.
1: That is cool. That's mm. delicious
3: and i do like it's very sweet drink obviously rum is pretty sweet i use plantation pineapple rum as well and i i used an appleton estate jamaican rum uh, that's very nice i use
1: the Rand nephew overproof so i'm having ah. just i'm having just one drink <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh,
3: that's famous last words right there. oh my
1: god no, we will see <laughs> that rum fucks you up though how big is the drink though spencer i mean it's not the <laughs> size that matters will
3: <laughs>
1: it's how you
2: drink that's, it
3: that's a that's uh like what uh three to one alcohol to juice proportion wow it's good though
2: Okay, let me get my drink
3: yeah i really like the herbal it tastes like
1: something that should be in
3: something sweet you know
1: tastes like something that should be served in a hollowed out pineapple It would
3: be delicious. Oh Oh my God. No,
1: Belinda. Shut the
3: fuck up. Did you (laughs) know know that, Spencer? I did not
0: know that.
1: (laughs) What just happened? (laughs) Oh my God. That
3: was unreal.
1: For those listening, just listening, Belinda whips out a fucking pineapple. Is that a living bird? What is that? She made a bird out of the pineapple. That is awesome. This is not real. This is not happening. But that, that
3: head of that bird looks wow. fairly real. I'm did
1: really you do that? It. What?
3: I no, did. No,
2: I was like, nothing. oh, I need a little garnish, I think. <laughs>
0: a and little garnish? A
2: little garnish. And so I'm looking around online, yeah. and then I see this little bird. And I'm like, oh, my God. That doesn't look difficult. Well, it was difficult. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. My knives
2: are you not as sharp off. as I found. Yeah. That was,
1: that okay. was amazing. I, I did not plan that.
3: That was unreal. <laughs> Holy <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> His so is that, is, like but, is that pineapple that's the yellow part?
2: Yeah, it's so you cut off like the top, like you know, couple like inch and a half of the pineapple, that's and then amazing. you cut it down and kind of shape it into like a head, and then you make a beak out of a carrot. That put is clothes uh, in right. for the eyes.
3: Hold that up! This I got a screenshot. We, that shit.
1: we, we will. We include need this to make some notes, and Belinda's going to take go. some pictures. Hopefully,
0: <laughs>
1: wow. That that's was incredible. amazing how did he uh, go I feel Stanford.
0: like
3: <laughs> and how did he what the what that, was, was... that was wild I was like wait what the fuck was this yeah. I know
2: and I need to get like a selfie here Holy my hands were burning like because you know pineapples got like enzymes it's kind of acidic and stuff my fingers were just on fire I, you know it's like you know when you clean out a pumpkin and your hands are burning up
1: and that's not that's a euphemism. <laughs> Let's clean out the clean
3: pumpkin.
2: Out baby. A pumpkin. <laughs> oh, geez. oh Spencer! Whatever thing. you sent me the uh, yesterday or today was terrifying. And oh,
1: the watermelon thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, you, you all don't know what I'm talking about, but maybe we'll include that as well. That is incredible, villain. That's that's obviously. unreal. Um, you, wins. Wins. you win the day. The, wins the
3: day. Wow. You know who didn't win? Who didn't win? Thank God. Uh, former officer showman.
1: Oh man. I so I, I didn't watch the trial. I couldn't yeah. handle it emotionally. But I knew when the verdict was gonna be read. So I was picking up my kids, I think. I was about to pick them up. And I was listening ahead of time. You know, they kind of held out to I think it was five Eastern, roughly. The judge yeah. starts reading. I'm like, oh fuck, here we go. About to turn into school. Right. And I hear the first count, guilty. And then I'm like, sure. what? Guilty. And I'm like, what? Guilty. I'm like, yes! Um, it's, it's hard to express. And it's not so much the glee of his demise, but feeling happy that, hey, the system's actually recognizing, I think, and working in a way that keeps people accountable. That felt great. I <clears throat> told my son after we always talk in the car like hey that police officer who killed uh george floyd he got convicted they found him guilty he's like oh man that's awesome like yeah that's awesome And i just started crying
0: yeah
1: i hadn't watched the trial hadn't you know followed everything all the minutiae of it but it was just a really emotional powerful moment for us so i was happy to see that
4: i I think it kind of points to a like the if i'm not mistaken the the ag in minnesota's keith elson right um who's a really good progressive and i i it goes to show that like if you elect people who actually stand up for the values that you care for stuff like this will happen like i doubt if it was uh some other crony like conservative ag in there i doubt that this would have happened like at Just the beginning. It was surprising to me, honestly. I was. I think we were all really scared that that it wouldn't go the way that it did, and holy fuck, the country would have erupted. Yeah, it would have oh, been oh. bad.
2: I think. I think uh, the police and the attorney general knew that that would happen, and that's why they took this case so seriously seriously i don't think they're taking every case so seriously sadly. Sure, sure. Um, and i've heard people say you know you know, you know yes they occasionally sacrifice one bad cop to the cause right to make it seem like they're doing something to appease the masses
3: but not, I, let's see n- what not happens very i'm often, just no not they don't often. no and most of the high profile ones have not gone this way um, yeah. to be honest. And you could argue, well, they're like, well, we have to now because this one's turned into such a firestorm. Right. But the reality is we have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, exactly. Things don't change overnight. Um, so uh, take it as a positive that I'm not sure I believe the system work worked yeah. so much as people force the system to work. Exactly. The system, the system mm-hmm. can work to go the other way too like the system can be gamed I guess right.
4: that's what I'm saying about like Keith Olson being in that position that he's in yeah yeah like this this is exactly why you need to participate in electoral politics like yeah. if 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 the people of Minnesota if Keith Olson would have been such a powerhouse there then I, like I said I doubt I doubt this would have happened um, yeah and so it's kind of it's kind of like what you're saying Kevin I like the system, the system only works when good people are in there to make it work. Yeah. And in this case, it, it did work because he was obviously guilty and the, right. the stupid shit that the that the defense was using like, oh my God, just the utter smearing of George Floyd is just despicable.
2: Right. But I mean, you've Absolutely. never ever, how many times have you ever seen um, a police chief or other police, Testify against a rock right. right? That
3: was wild. I
2: think th- this was a big deal, and they knew it was a big deal, and they spoke up. Thankfully, this time, I'm just really concerned. I mean, you see, you've seen that there have been how many shootings since you yeah. know the trial started? Since like, the trial
3: started, like seven. It was 75 several days ago. Yeah, so. it's just
2: it's ridiculous. It's just yeah. unreal, and um, people just need to not you so know think clear, this is a huge win. We got to just keep moving, keep talking, keep. You know, to be
3: clear, that's not just shootings. That's shootings of civilians by the police.
2: Like, yeah. no deadly shootings, even like not just shootings. It's just killing yeah. people. Yeah. So, you know, like this, um, what was her name, Makia? Makia uh, Bryant. Makia Bryant, um, you know, saying, oh, she had a knife. You know, oh you well, know, here we've got Kyle Rittenhouse with a fucking yeah. AK-47 or whatnot. Like, I don't know what fucking like gun and he can be captured peacefully and like you know just taken to well, what, not, it's like McDonald's or whatever on the way to the jail like not yeah.
3: even not even captured in the heat of the moment they're like right. oh well we'll go uh, we'll go track him down later well motherfuckers why can't you do that all right. the time
0: no. number
3: 1 and number 2 um, when a young girl calls 911 to say i'm being threatened i'm worried for my you know personal security yeah. blah 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 please come over guess what? Maybe send more than one police officer because so often I see these cases where it's like someone shoots someone and then everyone shows up and then, you know, stories are told or or whatever the case may be. But like, maybe like not have it just be one person who is scared for his life. And guess what? I listened to, I can't remember his name now. He was a commentator, but he he served 50 years in law enforcement, a black man. Um, and he's do- he does a lot of, uh, I think he's a professor now of law enforcement at a prestigious university. I can't remember which one, but he was on CNN or one of those channels. And he flat out said, if you're afraid to do your job and you're afraid to do your job in the way that allows you to be a peace officer first and foremost, then get the fuck off the force. Off right the, off the force um and it's true like like what why are we training police officers who were f- very first and foremost called peace officers right yeah. officers of the beast like why is the majority of our training about how to kill people and how to save your own skin why not how to protect people why not how to save people from difficult situations whether they be medical situations whether they be mental situations whether they be intensity situations right where where there's some back and forth between spouses or back and forth between individuals like like what we do is we train them to use tanks we train them to use uh
4: not not only that but there was that video this week of like a training session and the, the fucking like person doing the training session Is telling the police officers how great sex is after you murder somebody. Did you guys see that? What the hell? No.
0: What the hell? He's
4: like, he's like, you shouldn't feel bad when you kill someone. Like,
3: you shouldn't like, you should feel good about yourself. You should. Oh, it's and this is like one of the foremost like LAPD, like all the big departments hired this guy to come in and teach their killers how to feel better about themselves and not have mental breakdowns after they kill people that's literally what his training is like, to, to why me, you should feel comfortable killing people
4: to me um, like there was this video going around on Twitter a couple days ago of course it's on Twitter because um, <clears throat> I saw it but uh, <laughs> the, the video was of this woman getting arrested on the side of the road and this there's like three cops on her and one of the cops, starts lifting her up off the ground like her hands are handcuffed behind her back so like she's trying to stand up because you can't like if someone's lifting up your arms you, you have to stand up right yeah um and he immediately throws her to the ground and starts like beating her on the face like just smashing her face in and then the other cops they actually step in and we're like no 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 don't do that don't no 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 like but that's all they did and then like the they not
3: physically stop him they just said no
4: well, they, they they physically stopped him by oh, like shoving him away i mean
3: that's good that's good so no,
4: no. so this is my point is okay what what a great first step you you have step one of thought, out of many inter- yeah. intercede on a violent act now the next step is for that cop to immediately be arrested and charged with assault that is
3: partner if that's what it takes. That's,
4: like, that's, that's that where we need to get to in this policing system. And I, I would like to see a completely different system than this, the one that exists. But
0: right.
4: what I would imagine a better like policy of enforcing law is to make sure that the so-called peace officers are also following the law. Where if they're assaulting people their partners are there to arrest their asses. Like, really? Sh- Shouldn't it, it, they be held to a higher standard
3: even? Like- that's all
4: it is. But like, that's really all it is. Like if, if when I'm talking to conservatives about this, that's all I'm saying is like, we need to have higher standards. Cause it's absolutely embarrassing when you have cops going out there, beating the shit out of people and yeah. not getting punished for it. Like it's yeah. embarrassing to our society. We shouldn't, We shouldn't like glorify these people that are just above the law because they have badges.
3: We need the police to be embarrassed first and foremost. That's 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 kind of where
4: I'm getting at.
2: Maybe BYU needs to inform the police on how to teach their people to snitch on each other.
4: Oh snap! There you go. There
0: you go.
3: The honor code office (laughs) should be the new like standard for police training, like if your partner does shit, you need to tell on him, even if it's really not that bad.
4: Like, no. yeah. Yeah, well, the BYU Police Department has its problems, too, so. Oh, man. Yeah,
3: right, many, oh, many.
2: tons of problems. It's not the BYU police, though, The <laughs> yeah. you know, are snitching. It's the students. are <laughs> no, the snitching on no. each other. No, no, well, they no are. The, is, the, BYU the BYU police are
3: sni- I mean, they're snitching on the That's students true. to the Provo police. That's yeah. true.
2: But I'm By saying, way, like, teaching Provo the, kills the love. I love it. Teaching the students to, like, snitch on each other like you know what i mean Snitches like get turning stitches each other and end
1: up in ditches even my kids know that <laughs> <Sure>. yeah yeah
2: <laughs> oh
0: i'm so already
2: I, feeling this i i was
3: i was hopeful that we didn't just focus on this today because we um fuck derek chauvin he's a murderer and he is going to get his due um i hope someday he makes it to general population right that. yeah i thought
1: you were um, gonna say general conference
3: that, that too because that's, that's torture, torture, torture <laughs> that's in and of just, itself
1: it's i hope he has
3: to listen to general conference in the general population yeah. has um, to go
4: to the mormon uh sessions in the prison Jesus i know
0: <laughs>
3: but uh I, I i don't want to i mean if we have more to say about this i'm not trying to stop the conversation but i also know we've talked a lot about the trial and we've talked a lot about um guns and a lot of those things yep. um yeah. But uh, I gotta tell you, you remember our, our conversation last week, right? Um, aliens, oh. UFOs, uh, we got some uh, we
4: got
1: some feedback. CE five, did
4: we? I got uh, some. I, I got some good. I got some good feedback. Um, somebody had said that we went off the deep end, and my only response to that is that's only the shallow end, baby. Oh, we, that's it, dipping your toe in no, right that's, there. that's just tip of the iceberg.
2: Tell <laughs> us more, Will.
4: <laughs> oh maybe maybe we'll what, save an episode what, we'll what save I, it for what, part two what i
3: will say for but as a precursor to part two is that is exactly what the government wants you to think but i'll, leave <laughs> it, I'll just leave it at that i'll just leave it right there I, were, oh fucking crazy ass people talking about yeah. aliens
4: no no no. okay here here's I, i've had people tell me like like why do you like why do you care so much about like this like conspiracy stuff it's fun. It's entertaining for sure. It's, it's entertaining, <laughs> but not only that, but I think it's important to try to think of things that are just like, I don't know, batshit crazy. I think it's important to expand your mind and not like contain your brain in what you think should be what reality is. Like, I think you should challenge, like just how like you would challenge like your assumptions on like certain topics do the same thing with like, who knows? Maybe maybe alien lizards really do control our government, and we're all just oblivious to it. You mean, maybe. i you
3: mean maybe that true. that
1: was the case. <laughs> I'm just saying it's you fun. Saw
4: Trump,
3: about. right? It could be.
1: It's the only thing yeah. that explains that that for the last <laughs> right? four years, man.
3: Is oh. it is it lizard or is it rat people? I don't know. Lizard. It's, reptilian. it's
4: reptilian. And reptilian, and there's there's a whole thing about it. That, yeah,
3: that well, yeah. That what, we won't go too deep in that because we want to save that for another episode because we want we want to keep people on edge for when we're going to go off the deep end Ooh, again um, really deep. but we have had requests um and um would like to honor those requests for us are we doing the striptease about, show yeah the only so fans they, they want to see my third tattoo oh <laughs> <laughs> This is the preview for the OnlyFans. One, uh-huh. two. Well, this is one. This is two. and
4: the three. Third one. I thought that was. <laughs> I thought that was just our special friendship tattoo. Well, oh, oh. we should get
2: matching tramp stamps, you guys. That would be
4: amazing.
1: Actually, I would be down. <laughs> or, I know
4: or I totally to a, a,
0: fit it a in.
3: ring tattoo.
1: I'm not even um, kidding.
3: A ring right? tattoo for every what? 20 shows around the shows? butthole.
1: I don't know. Oh,
3: oh. I was singing <laughs> oh, elsewhere, but that would work. And then <laughs> it beca- eventually mean? it becomes a target as it it gets a good man. Yes. Yeah. Your cheeks are just as giant target. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm too You're much like, of
4: a baby to get tattoos on my arms. Holy, uh, I, I know. I, can't be, like, I know. Anywhere else? I the was. Most painful penis, place
1: but, I've yeah. gotten a tattoo is the arm ditch, as my tattoo artist Ooh, calls it. Right, yeah, right where you are flexed Right. I didn't
3: there. get that close, but I mean, it I fucking it was hurts. Close-ish, and
1: it's worse than the wrist.
3: It's, oh. it's amazing how from like literally millimeter to millimeter you can be like this is fine this is fine this is fine and then they hit some sort of nerve and you're like motherfucker what are you yeah, doing no. to me like
1: so how did we each meet each other i i mean oh, i can go that, first that was a
3: request right yeah yeah
1: that was one request. i don't think i
3: said it out loud
1: she's so. been listening for for some time you're probably wondering you know and even in the description of the show it's four unlikely friends and really it is unlikely. Yes. Um, we each have our stories and perspectives. I'm curious to hear all of your perspectives of how you met me, yeah, and vice versa, yeah.
0: Um,
1: and we didn't plan this ahead of time, just to be clear. But I'll okay. I'll start with Kevin. Well, the the spotlight is on Kevin. How did we each Mm. meet Kevin? For me, um, and I guess no, is this tied to Belinda somewhat?
2: I think I'm the linking factor between maybe so, maybe so. But how I met Belinda is
1: different than how I met Kevin for sure. So I met Kevin. Um actually, the first time I met Kevin, he came to my house, and I was am is I am a part of an online group of like minded individuals. And I planned an event, and I was like, I'm gonna, do a, "I'm gonna do a party. It's not QAnon. It's not QAnon. Oh my god!
2: Fancy as fuck dinner.
1: Ass eaters anonymous. Oh, but, oh. just kidding. But uh, A-E-A. <laughs> Will's like, yay, hey yay! He's
2: like, I wasn't invited.
1: I'm feeling it too. And Belinda's bird is hilarious.
2: Oh it's killing me. Right? so
1: fucking amazing. It's real. <laughs> yeah okay so how do i make Kevin? so i had this dinner at my house and invited i don't know what was it was 16 people or something
3: yeah something like, that. something
1: like that and kevin shows up and you guys brought like i i had everyone bring something uh-huh. i cooked like ribs and i think uh salmon i love cooking i love entertaining tons of wine whatever and i had uh everyone bring something kevin belinda roll up together Mm -hmm. with like some bomb ass dessert i remember a cake stand with a glass cover is that correct uh
2: there was no glass cover but it was this white cake stand with a beautiful chocolate cake multi-tiered with whipped cream and berries everywhere this is like next level i'm thinking this is is next level
1: (laughs) anyhow get talking with kevin and we just hit it off absolutely hit it off from the first time we met and i'm smiling because i remember exactly what i said to him or what we said to each other i don't remember who said it but i remember this was said the why the fuck was... are we not best friends exactly. <laughs> and i was like i know and i put your name in my phone i don't know if you remember it's kevin motherfucking jensen <laughs> cool. And so every time, still you, that? not I mean, some anymore. People, some oh. people might call me that for different reasons. I mean, yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But uh, I remember uh, putting a name Hancock, in my phone
3: in particular. No. Oh, oh, Ralph oh, fuck Ralph Hancock. That's right. Oh, you
1: but ever since then, we were just kind of connected, and uh, eventually made my way into karaoke scene. Kevin was huge in that. In fact, uh, one of your handles online is karaoke KJ.
3: It's true. Um
1: but we love karaoke and and that was a a way that we I think deepened and built our friendship and since then have been on trips together and hung out a ton um, and it's been just a beautiful friendship. Just want to say I love you man. Like I
0: love you I, too. I
1: can't I cannot imagine life without all of you but you know Kevin, Kevin. just oh, like thank thank Well you. the reason I know uh, Will is, is through Kevin too, but more on that later. But that's how I met Kevin. Why
0: aren't Hooray. we best friends?
1: Yeah,
4: we are now. Yeah, Woo. now we are. Now we are. Thank
2: Will. you, man. I Will, how did you too. meet Kevin?
4: How did I meet Kevin? So it was on my first day of a new job. Um, mm-hmm. We went out to lunch, and Kevin was there, and Kevin had actually just started around the same time. It's true. And so he was kind of just giving me like the lay of the land. Just asking that. Like, really, it was just like the, it was like my, my first job outside of like working with family, not like I had worked with family in the past. And so it's just like, I had always knew somebody from the company I was going to go work for. And so this was like, really like my first time, like going to a new company and I had no idea what the fuck was going on. And I'm just like. I don't even know how to like talk to these people. And Kevin, bless his heart, is just such a nice dude. And he he talked me up like the whole way while we're gonna go to go while we were going to get lunch. So he was like my first like work friend that I had. So Yay. That, that's that, how I met. Those were him. good times. Those and were good I, times.
3: And then I tried to give you alcohol when you were underage and <laughs> didn't realize it. But yeah. Um, no, shout out to it was all like a little like a muscle, too yeah yeah it was close to your 21st birthday but shout out to some of our listeners uh taylor shout out to trevor shout out to Dan. big dick
1: darren big Big dick Dick darren Darren.
3: (laughs) always Uh, belinda was actually over sometime last week yeah and i was on a conference call i'm like oh that's big dick darren and then i looked down i'm like oh shit i hope i was muted and i was (laughs) Okay. So that was fine, but I'm like, that's
4: big dick Jared right there. Oh my God. Yeah. I That'd would have loved amazing. if that
2: had been uh, live and everybody then have been like, we want to know more, oh my goodness. How do you know our, this? Our good friend,
3: SH would have loved that, let me tell you. Uh,
1: without without divulging details, I'll just say I've done many things on conference calls that uh, were oh, audio or video turned stories, on, yeah. I would have been fired, but. Uh, pro tip, you know, uh, do not
4: give your phone permission or do not give the apps like That's you need apps. Do not give them permission to your camera. Yes, it's just,
1: absolutely. Just do on it on your
4: phone right on now. On your phone, yeah, on your yeah. Phone, That's yeah. A good Do call. it Right now,
3: <laughs> I need, I need <laughs> to uninstall and reinstall. Or Seriously, into man. Permissions.
4: Yeah. I, I might have just saved your job. Now go sure. on your phone and turn off your permissions. I promise you. Just do I'll it. I'll
3: do it after the show. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I'll do it in the morning because I'll be fucked up after the
4: show. But... <laughs> Belinda, how do you
3: uh,
1: meet Kevin?
2: um so i met kevin and spencer about uh a week apart um we were I had no
1: idea of... i had no idea about that one
2: yeah yeah okay, um yeah. so um i we were all kind of in the same we had this we were part of a, the same facebook group of recently um
3: departed
2: departed mormons right and also like he just died
3: i don't uh, like that. <laughs> we died from mormonism our Dearly mormon, departed
2: <laughs> our
1: mormon spirit departed to hell
3: and we lived on i guess that makes sense
0: yeah. Yeah. i cannot
1: handle that bird i cannot can right? me see it <laughs> oh jesus it's so realistic oh oh my god i'm
3: worried it's gonna fly off into your face seriously okay i'm sorry Blonda. go ahead <laughs>
2: <laughs> no so um there, uh, this group of people was, uh, had organized a service project at the Homeless Youth Shelter in Salt Lake City, and I signed up to help serve dinner there, and it's a wonderful place to volunteer, if you ever is. feel like going and volunteering. The kids are so yeah. lovely. They're, you know, it's you, kids, are, I think, from 16 to 21 there at and the shelter. you can do it with a small
3: group. Belinda and I have done it literally on our Just own. Just the before. two of
2: us, and it, you're serving oh. dinner to about 60 kids lunch or dinner um uh and they're just so sweet so thankful they're in a terrible situation and this shelter is really really helpful for everybody they've got a little store for people to you know donate things that the kids might need you know sundry items clothing whatever um so anyway it's a fun place to go volunteer so i volunteered there um i show up um and then kevin showed up later i mean just a few minutes later And uh, somebody introduced us and I was like, he is cute. Oh my goodness. And he had these shoes on. They were these um, hand-painted dude, what the big Big Lebowski Lebowski. shoes, Uh, like Converse or something, or like they're just high top sneakers or whatever. And I was like, those are some cool shoes. Um, But I'm a little shy too. So I didn't want to let on that. you know I was kind of thinking it was cute. So I pretty much ignored him the entirety of the rest of that. <laughs> it's true. Um, and then um the next week uh I was invited to a party. Uh Kevin did not go to this party, um, but um I don't know how it approaches. So I showed up to this party at a friend's house and it was a big party, a big stinking party, lots of people there. Right, Spencer? Yes. A ton of people. And I recently so you found met, video. You met
1: Kevin before you met me.
2: Yes. By like, okay. oh, oh, no, wait. Maybe it's, you know, I think with Kevin first. It was like just by a few days, right? I'll have to look. That video that I found <laughs> that like showed you kind of in the hallway. I think like,
3: I think you yeah. met him a week before you met me. Oh, this, maybe this, that's
2: the case.
1: This will be a good segue it was to you, too. Anyway. So. It was
2: Halloween time. Right? We got invited to this party. It was
1: November... It was sometime in November because yeah. it was a birthday party for someone who also has a November birthday. Gotcha. I have a November birthday. Yep.
2: Oh, nice. So yeah, it was a birthday party. It was a big rager, music, tons of people. It was a little wild. And it was probably <laughs> one of my very first wild parties, to be honest. Like I didn't really have much of a community after leaving the church and didn't have a lot of friends. And I just recently met up with this group of people that just like to have fun and explore their new lives outside of Mormonism. And I went to this party, and it was an experience for sure. I didn't and think it was somebody, that
1: crazy, though.
2: It wasn't that crazy, but to me, newly at the time, yeah, at the time, you know, I show up, and you know, there's all these people. They're drinking a lot. The, and the devil's
3: lettuce was in attendance. the devil's oh. lettuce oh. was oh. involved.
2: Oh. Yes, with my meeting Spencer, um, and so effect. somebody invited us out to the garage. Um, and what what
1: did they have this they had they had a, a a glass artifact that was being used to consume some sort of herb and
2: yes a large like a glass truck. Truck. I, I, this glass is like truck. the perfect
1: fucking segue because the first time I met Belinda was in this garage like <laughs> what the fuck is happening right now
2: like literally here's there was a release, bong on the hood of someone's car This
1: Relief and Society <laughs> primary president looking motherfucker She's <laughs> <laughs> going to this hitting the bong like a Pro. I'm like, oh, my God, um, and that's that's actually where I met uh, our other firm, mutual friend as well, who was uh, the purveyor of said herbs. That is true. Um, yeah. yeah, that yeah. that was a party, man. I just a, a little bit of context and background here, so. <clears throat> divorced as well yeah. through through mm-hmm. the four of us I was super fucking paranoid at the time uh, one of our friends shout out Christy had texted me like oh your ex is going to be at the party I was like oh shit really oh. And I had a choice to make I was like you know what I can hide away or I can go to this party and I decided yeah. I'm going to this fucking party <laughs> so I go but I don't remember who it was someone told me that Belinda was like mutual friends and I was like oh fuck her whatever bah, I'm, gonna mm-hmm. be, I'm gonna be weird about everything I, I wish I wasn't because Belinda's hella fucking cool and ever since then clearly she was at my fanciest fuck party
0: mm-hmm. that I
1: had not fancy fuck party
3: I <laughs> <Man>. although although <laughs> it, I, it kind of went that
1: way
4: <laughs> for for some people. Shh,
1: we can't not tell us. the audience not this not us <laughs> but <laughs> of the best stories ever we'll just say (laughs) ex-Mormon parties get a little crazy sometimes um but Belinda was there and I fucking love Belinda Belinda's amazing um just it's it's a beautiful thing to think about how life it's almost like you have these like stories that sometimes just cross over and interweave and it's such a fucking beautiful thing
2: Yep and I did know Spencer's ex-wife before I met Spencer um and we had done a lot of things together Um, but you know what? Here's a pro tip. Just the tip from Belinda this time.
1: Oh, ooh. Um, Kevin, I wasn't don't gonna don't get
2: to involved in other people's shit. Just so you're aware. Like, we've all got our own drama to deal with. True. You know it's just wise, True. just not to involve yourself in other people's trash. Okay. Yes. So that's my pro tip. And that was just what I live by, try to live by. And even with Spencer and his ex-wife, I'm like.
1: Use your imagination. The,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So, <laughs> small world, though. In fact, right? uh, I've heard many times in the ex Mormon community the phrase "small Lake City" being
4: used.
2: Uh, I
1: hear
4: I hear that all the time. Actually, small Lake
1: City. How did you meet Belinda? will I'm assuming uh, it's through Kevin.
4: Yeah, no. The how I met Belinda was literally Kevin texted me one day and was like. Hey, so, Belinda's gonna come and pick up my laptop because I forgot it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> could, you, could you go up to my, to my desk and get it for her? Like, okay. that, that's how I met A favor, sure. thank that's you, what we,
2: Thanks That's how we that. met, but like, you came to our house one time. Yeah, uh, yeah that, and that's so we, true. we had like this deep discussion for hours. We were like drinking and talking about, I don't know what, like, something <laughs> Will-centric. Well, like, it was just great, I remember.
4: Uh, yeah it's it's it was one of those do you want to know
3: what what do you know why we met spencer bailed spencer bailed on it but it was this podcast when we originally were talking about making this podcast which was like two years before we actually started it Mm -hmm. um we uh so spencer and will and i went to lunch from work one day and it turned into like a you've heard of three martini lunches this was like a four margarita (laughs) lunch (laughs) the first time (laughs) i had a mojito yeah there you go and i remember that so we were like we're gonna fucking do this podcast it's gonna be incredible it's gonna be unreal and so me being me uh, I was like, "Well, let's have a meeting. Let's get together and discuss." The priorities <laughs> Started an, of- an
0: Excel
1: oh, sheet for a Gantt
0: exactly chart. <laughs>
3: right. you, know, you all know I've. Kevin them- is
2: the king of Excel. Many yes.
3: spreadsheets with you, yeah. So, um, good. so I love but, uh, but yeah, you you came over and we ended up like hanging out for hours and hours and talking about deep dark secrets and lots of incredible things. So, it was the beginning of a beautiful
4: friendship. Yeah it was it was yeah and, and then just, and then we started a group chat called Thirst impressions for like two years until we yeah. actually did it. seriously
1: <laughs> i guess i guess the pandemic kind of created some space for creativity yeah, and just like, yeah. going for it we're just like fuck it let's do it i mean right. there's other things on the back burner we won't speak of that um
0: it's you know, are still there on life things. support
1: but and we should
0: still do things
1: things Melodine. will happen I'm, i feel like things will happen
3: it's like that. milk punch. It's melding in the background. <laughs> like to like mellow a milk, it's beautiful. Milk punch or well crafted infusion.
1: <laughs> yes. Absolutely. It's almost like a target on a butthole. So <laughs> I remember, I remember we talked about that. But it's been it's been cool. The first time at Will was and and just by way of background information here. So I worked at a company, hooked Kevin up with a position there. I think Will Will was not by referral, but we just all ended no, up working we, at the same dude, I I got
4: I got super lucky how I got my job. Honestly, we
3: were there. I don't even know approximately how Approximately the same time. Yeah.
4: No, literally, my my brother he was going to a really prestigious uh, school in the east. Just like I'm not, no, I'm not even. I'm not going to give him. I'm yeah, not no even yeah just there's a few there's a few but and and so he had met with one of the executives at this said company that i that we're, that we work for um and he was like you should you should go apply because i was i was working first started that he started like years earlier and had left um and like literally i just i have no idea how i got the job like i like literally the the so it's in software. I'm I'm hoping I'm not giving too much information away, but
3: I don't I don't think I am.
4: Um, So it's in software, and there's like this one language that it's like that it was for, and I had done a little bit of it before, but like literally the weekend before my interview, I just did the cram. I just like cram studied it, nailed it, and got the job. (laughs) I'm really good at what I do, though, so it's it's not like that far fetched. It's just like yeah,
3: I'm gonna. total luck i'm gonna pause you for a minute because (laughs) since since i went first in terms of you all talking about me i don't really have stories to tell because it's we met each other at the same time right um but will is honestly one of the smartest people in real life i've ever met um not just in terms of like talent to be able to learn things but he actually takes the time for especially for such a young fucking dude right like um <laughs> he takes the time to read and to learn and to study and to listen and to do whatever drugs are required to understand <laughs> so um it's uh that's totally a joke law enforcement officers um just a joke uh but um no seriously dude you're like it's I don't think any of the three of us are surprised that you got the job you're you're um, a smart dude so i I I, do that.
4: I I still i still think it was luck but um um i remember uh maybe i think you're getting to the spencer i i remember when me and you first like actually like did work together it was like on some like oh,
1: yeah the the spunk works pre yeah yeah yeah
4: yeah yeah we we, we did we did a little uh I don't know how you define for it. For the R&D project, I guess. Yes,
1: that's a fair enough. CG? For CG? Uh, no, no. No, it was, it was for, for uh, strategy and Oh, innovation. way back when. Yeah, way yeah. back when. Oh, yeah. fuck. Nice. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah.
4: That, that, that. That was the first time I think me and you actually, like, interacted. Because we just never crossed paths, really.
1: Not as much. I mean... I remember when you just got when your... Spencer came to talk to me. Yeah. I would come down and talk, talk to, about talk sex to Kevin and and like, oh hey, Will all the time. And people are like, poor Taylor. Poor Taylor's like,
3: oh good.
1: I know. I know. Uh um, like these guys
3: are but now I remember cool. I remember when Jesus. Will
1: got uh his forearm tattoo. Um, oh yeah, yeah.
0: And the for tree, right?
1: fans who don't know this Will will oh, use no it was the other one
4: the other one. Oh no yeah, yeah. no i got
1: this one before it no didn't just, you get the tree thing where's the trees no
4: this is this is the trees one it's, oh, a, okay, it's just okay. upside down
1: yeah oh my bad okay okay yeah that's the one then. um but for fans who don't know will used to have very long luxurious hair yeah it was like only fans would it know. was it was, like, it was like, like com slash it was like
0: seriously
4: was- we should
2: literally have an found
4: No, we should not. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was, my hair was like literally like five or six inches down my back. That's how long. Yeah. It no, it yeah. was
3: super long. Yeah. And you only wore a beanie all the time. I mean, it's
4: true. I only, when when we when we start not working from home all the time, I'm going to start wearing a beanie more.
2: Because look at this hair. This
4: is such a. I, need I think a-
2: the first <laughs> photo I have of you is with long hair and a beanie for sure. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I miss my long hair. Maybe I'll start wearing a wig or something.
2: Extensions <laughs> will extensions.
4: No, I, care. I I I like the long hair because I don't know. I think maybe tell me if you guys can relate because I don't know if this hair. is just me, but I feel like here in Utah, I feel more comfortable when I like set myself apart from mm-hmm. the Mormon.
3: Project away from Mormonism, like yeah.
4: specifically that. Like, yeah. like I think, kind of subconsciously, why I'm kind of growing out my beard is like I just want people to know that I'm not fucking Mormon because I don't know. I don't know why. Like, it's just, it's just how I felt. And so, having long hair made me. It made me feel more feminine, which I am much more comfortable in a more feminine setting. And so, having long hair just made me feel much more comfortable, and it, and it set me apart so i kind of miss it i
2: love that
4: do you guys relate
3: to that yeah completely i think that's why when i got my first tattoo which is the big one here yeah it's not tiny and it's not um it's a snake black and white or anything it's a it's a a beehive it's a beehive turning into a snake
1: that's right
3: Um, which for those of you from utah you can understand the symbolism there but um the tattoo artist was like, "Okay, I have this idea based on the sketches you sent me and things, but it's pretty. It's pretty like
2: colorful, yeah. It's
3: big. It's colorful. It's intense. But but if you want, you could put it on your upper. Because I told him I want it on my forearm.
1: Put it on your upper ass cheeks.
3: Yeah. Put it on your upper dick or your upper um, ass not, ditch. Um, <laughs> no, like he said, like your upper leg or whatever. And then that way, if you don't want people to know about it it would be hard for them to know about it unless you really wanted them to. And I was like, I want everyone to know about it. Are you kidding me? Uh, If if I was brave enough to be Post Malone, I would have put it on my face. That's how much I want people to know about it. But um, so, yeah, I I can definitely relate. And I grew my hair out um, as well for a while. And that's part of the reason why is I just wanted to like do what I wanted and not have my appearance be based on what other people wanted, whether it was pretty much anyone, I mean, uh, but certainly not any church-based
1: institution. So. Yeah. yeah, I had I had brunch with a friend today, and we talked about a lot of things. Um, we talked about spiritual journeys with the assistance of uh, mycelium, I'll just say that. Um, we talked about life and transitions, but one of the things that came up was, you know, this idea of... Being authentic to ourselves and stepping into our own at at risk of losing business, you know. For me, right, leaving the Mormon Church was not a small thing. Um, I grew up in the Mormon Church. For those who don't know, even though I'm from Jamaica, I grew up in the Mormon Church. So my brain, uh, my worldview, all of that is is influenced by Mormonism and. We've all left, (laughs) you know. We all individually have our stories. I haven't heard everyone's story. I don't know. I mean, I've I feel I've heard Belinda's story. I haven't heard Will's story at all ever. Um, little parts of it. Little parts. I kind of have an idea. And and frankly, I do not give a fuck about Mormonism per se, (laughs) in the sense that I don't follow it. I don't keep up with the drama and the bullshit and all that. Like some people do. Props to you if you do. Awesome. Everyone needs a hobby, but for me. It's not, it's not my thing, right? So, but in addition to sharing how we met each other, we also wanted to talk a little bit about our exits. And it's something, at least for me, and I'm fairly certain I would hazard a guess that it's also impactful emotional uh, and has influenced your lives in very deep ways, right? Um, so for me, I, I grew up in the Mormon Church um, from Jamaica. I I took a lot of pride in in this idea, this concept that I was a pioneer in some some way. You know, you literally it's, were. You
2: were, yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, it's it's not normal to find. <laughs> it sounds so funny saying it, but it's not normal to find black people in the Mormon Church, uh, let alone black people. You know, Jamaica. Why is that? Tiny island. Well, it's fun you ask. Mormonism <laughs> right. Mormonism is super fucking racist. Um, oh that's that. we'll save that for another episode, but <laughs> it's not normal. And so yeah, you know, church for me growing up was always not about the doctrine, but more about community and family, I would right. say.
3: Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, we'd go to church on Sunday, and it wasn't about even being in class, being in that. Uh, main meeting or other groups. It was about the time after church when we got to hang out with people and like build those bonds. And I'm still friends with with many of those those people. I don't know if they're listening. Hopefully they are, but still friends with them. Um, so my I, I would say my my first like reality piercing shelf breaking existential crisis happened on my mission. For those who don't know Mormons, uh, they they go on a two-year, I'll I'll just be generous and say service-based excursion. (laughs) Paid for by
3: yourself and your family. You pay for
1: yourself um, and your family, sometimes at the expense of feeding your family. You send this older sibling out because that's what God says you should fucking do. So you do it so I went to San Antonio Texas it was it was awesome I loved it I have no regrets remorse about that time I have curious what I call curiosities but not remorse what if I didn't go what would life be like but I'm not like oh fuck you Mormon church I went to Texas it's not like that so I go to Texas um had a great experience and I went at a time where, man, this rum is kicking in though. I'll tell you what. I know. <laughs> but I, I went at a time where Mormons, so in the, in the Mormon churches, if you've ever seen one of those church buildings, they look like something out of the 70s. But if you've ever seen one, <laughs> awesome. Or my condolences. But in any case, <laughs> they have a library. Okay. Back in the day, these libraries were super hella fucking cool. Like you could find the Journal of Discourses, Doctrines of Salvation, Mormon Doctrine, First Edition, by the way. All this super rad shit. So I I go to Texas and uh, I should go grab this book, but I think I can quote it reasonably well. I find this book called The Church and the Negro. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this? This is interesting. I'm thinking, this is interesting. I'm going to read this. I'm going to take a look. So I pull it off the bookshelf. I open it. Somehow, fall on a page in this book, and on this page, this is this is a long. I'd say it's a medium long story, so hang with me, people.
0: You're good.
1: Fall on this page, and it talks about a Mormon prophet, Wilford Woodruff, speaking about an early Mormon saint or member, if you will, someone who had been baptized, named Jane Manning James. Do you all know who that is? Yes, of course. You don't. No clue. Okay. Jane Manning James is a Black, or as the book says, colored sister, who was a part of the early church and repeatedly denied access to the temple or any priesthood blessing. Okay. There was also another um, gentleman, Elijah Abel, and supposedly... Joseph Smith had ordained him to the priesthood that was revoked, changed, sidestepped, whatever excused, when Brigham Young took control of the church. So this book talked about her a little bit. Wilford Woodruff praised her dedication, diligence, her faithfulness. Without going off on a tangent, it reminds me a lot of my family who actually joined the church before the 1978 revelation by the Mormon church revelation policy change with regards to black people. Okay.
0: But I digress.
1: So I'm reading this book. It says that Wilford Woodruff would often speak highly of people. Joseph Fielding Smith presided over her funeral and said that she would, I'm not sure if it was him or Wilford Woodruff, but in any case, a Mormon prophet said, this is a good thing because now she would attain, and these words meant a lot, a lot to me at the time. She would attain the longing of her heart and become, I shit you not, Will, because <laughs> you're like, oh,
3: Will's like wait, wait for this. This is the punchline.
1: She yeah. would attain the longing of her heart and become a white and beautiful person. And I was like, oh oh, my God, that- what is happening? Who am, like, I, yo, I went into a full-on existential spiral it was like who am i what matters is this for real like i'm gonna be white i mean y'all are beautiful whatever i love you but i'm just saying your identity is that you know i'm 20 almost 21 at this point and i'm like oh my god i'm gonna be i'm gonna be resurrected white resurrection is the belief in the mormon church that after you die you come back to life after christ comes back to earth read about it but I'm You're thinking, gonna I'm
2: going to be a fucking white dude. some, right? <laughs> yes. Oh.
1: We'll be twins, Spencer. And that that could, Race in the Mormon Church could be its own podcast. And I'd be happy yeah, to talk about sure. that for like yeah, six hours. Yeah, we should definitely but do that. I'm just saying, it sent me into a place. All right. So that happened on my mission. I mustered whatever uh, cognitive gymnastics I could do. And I settled on, okay, the Book of Mormon is true. Cool. Finish your mission. And admittedly, <laughs> admittedly, Kevin Belinda and Will. The reason I did that is because my immigration status in the United States was literally tied to whether I finished my mission. Okay. And if I could go to another school. Otherwise
3: yeah. Otherwise, you go back.
1: At that point in Yo, time,
3: was your family in the U.S. or? I don't you-
1: even want to get into weeds on that because I could talk about it for hours. Yes. Yeah, my, yeah. So my family is in the U.S. All of them. If I do not fulfill this commitment that I agreed to. Because peer pressure, Mormon church, social pressure, whatever. Right. I was going to have to fucking go home and be without my family. Like, who in their right mind would do that?
3: And by home, so I, you mean your home country, but not home, home.
1: Yeah. yeah right. To your like home with no immediate family because all my immediate family is in the US at this point. Right. Yeah. It just sucks. We can talk about immigration reform one day. Oh, absolutely. And the problems yeah. there and <laughs> just this whole shit storm of of what i went through because i lived it i lived it i did immigration the quote-unquote legal way it's also a shit storm right and so yep. on so i settled on okay the book of is true cool i'm gonna deal with that and then let's just fast forward 2015 the mormon church says okay if you're a child of gay parents you can't be baptized unless you denounce renounce deny defy whatever um mm-hmm leave behind your parents. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm teaching at BYU at the time. I look at my uh, spouse at the time. I'm like, what are we doing? Cause we were about to pay tithing. We're not doing this. Right. And she's like, no, I'm like, yeah, we're not doing this. So that was kind of the end of me and the Mormon church got divorced, uh, about seven months after that. And well, not seven months, but five, six months but uh that was kind of the the progression you know discovered mormon stories podcast and learned a lot of stuff about (laughs) patriarchy and polygamy and priesthood and the corporation of the presiding bishopric and that the church is a fucking business and that is what unraveled everything for me the wedge the initial crack was that idea i am black i'm sinful And I am going to be white as a correction as a fucking correction because who I am is a mistake or sin or whatever. It's so fucked up. And and you're going to be
3: white, which is in their correction. The correction, right? If you pay your tithing. If I pay my tithing, if I talked about about, yeah, if I I don't speak up in the end, they want you to give them free labor. They want you to give them your money and they want you to give them like every like mental component of your life.
1: Yeah. And for those who don't, don't know, they don't
3: care what the fuck you do actually they'll forgive you for most of those things. But if you don't fucking pay tithing, you're fucking out.
1: For those who don't know, Kevin mentioned free labor. Like, <laughs> so the Mormon church operates on this idea that everything's volunteer. Um, If you're the leader of your local congregation, no matter how much time you give during the week, that actually takes away from time with your family and your partner.
0: for your job, job, perhaps.
1: Or your job sometimes. They don't pay you. Yeah. To clean clean the church.
0: They enlist
1: members in the local congregation to do that shit for free. And not only that,
4: but a lot of people when they, when like When I'm criticizing or when people online are criticizing the church and they're like, oh, well, they don't spend that much on humanitarian stuff. A lot of Mormons will link to like this, this number of like millions of dollars that the church has given to humanitarian aid, which if you actually look into what that number represents, they actually take into account all of the volunteer hours. So it's not even monetary stuff that they're donating. Right. they're considering people going and cleaning their churches as humanitarian aid so then people online can go and say hey look no the the churches actually donated billions of dollars to humanitarian stuff no it's just it's exactly millions millions
1: millions, not billions
4: hundreds
3: of cans of spaghetti will (laughs) hundreds of (laughs) cans of spaghetti um which were paid for by volunteer labor and volunteer donations. Right, um, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, it's complete bullshit. Yeah, no, I'm uh, kind
2: of a, oh, go ahead, Well. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I'm kind of on a similar timeline as Spencer was because- That's true. Um, I,
1: think, I think we left her on the same time, right?
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, so, like,
4: I was actually, so I'm not cutting you off, no, I No, you to go, go ahead. Um, because I am actually on the same timeline too. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I don't you know, know your story well. Yeah, go ahead, so, Blenda. And- okay.
2: So I was raised LDS from infancy, you know, a member of record, or what do they call? Born in the Covenant. Born you know? in the
3: BIC. B I C
2: you get those little P P A.
1: No info. big, big, big. Oh, that, that needs agents to be mad because I'm flagrant. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes for reals um i'm actually a descendant of brigham young um
3: brother brigham, brigham. brother brigham. Brigham.
2: yeah um and so it was raised to like be so proud of that fact um so the wife so brigham young had many many wives polygamy is a big deal in the mormon church um especially early on um and so many male members had several several wives and brigham young nobody knows quite how many he had it was
3: in the 30s or 40s
2: people said 25 but that's been a few years ago i think it's probably more because he probably had some spiritual wives um they call it uh just like added is that like, when
0: they
3: only give you head
1: <laughs> oh my god oh, <laughs> no it's it's when you, Sorry. when you all you do is soak
3: Oh, it's soaking. Soaking,
2: it's soaking.
0: only. Oh yeah. soaking my god! No, 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 no. no. <laughs>
1: well, we'll save it for another show. We'll save. It, we'll, save it. We'll, we'll we'll call the show "Weird More Than Sex" or something. Okay. Anyway, yes.
2: So Brigham Young, his first <laughs> wife, god. he was married, and he had a couple of children uh two daughters and then his wife passed away and he was Did a widower. she die
3: like in vermont way back then yeah uh, like
2: way okay. way before maybe he was even a member of, like he had mm-hmm. thought of the church or met joseph yeah. smith or anything um and so he was single for a number of years i'll have to look into that i didn't really know like what the timeline is but he ended up meeting my ancestor which was his next wife um legally married to this woman Mary Ann Angel and her brother was the architect of the Salt Lake Temple uh Truman Angel he did a lot of things for the church but uh Mary Ann Angel she must have been just a lovely lady but she was not She's I'm pretty face. not
3: traditionally beautiful.
2: Right, right. Like, like we'll put a picture of her. She's a sweetheart. She looks a little like Jim Belushi, but um, or,
3: or what's the other actor? The oh, uh, the brother of the one dude. Oh,
4: John Travolta. Yeah. Uh, no. No. Wilson. Uh, Luke Wilson. She he, looks. A she lot does like look Luke. like oh, Luke Wilson. Okay. I'm thinking of a different um, conversation. Just ignore my. No, ignore you're my good. Suggestion. So
2: she was lovely lady and we were always told it was kind of like passed down our family that um Brigham Young you know after he started up polygamy like in his family um she wasn't any longer the the hot wife right like she was um ever no but then he's like hey I can have all the babes right so he started marrying all these younger women right and so she was no longer you know I don't know the, the the top bitch, right? And so when they got to Bottom Utah, bitch. right? So when they, they got to Utah, she didn't live in the Beehive or Lion House, which were his like fancy residences in Salt Lake City, which you can talk, tour these days. Um, the uh, fuck pad. The, Yeah, the fuck pad. Like, and it was like <laughs> it was full of rooms for all his wives and children, but not my ancestor. And she and her children were sent to live up on Capitol Hill in a separate residence. She wasn't as social, so she didn't go to the parties and meet people, the famous people that came around to town, whatever. We knew this growing up that she was kind of forgotten, and her kids weren't really, they didn't know their dad very much. Like it was just kind of this kind of sad relationship. But we were so proud to be descendants of Brigham Young, right? We're so fucking proud of that. We were descended from a prophet. What? Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, oh, did you share a picture of her? I did. Tell see. me that's not
3: Jim Belushi meets. Oh Wilson. my god! <laughs> or Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Either way. Hey, we'll, Wilson. we'll put that in the show notes.
2: But yeah, okay. you have to. So anyway, um, I was very Mormon. Always Western very Mormon. I didn't really ever think about the church not being true. And then, I, and one thing I do love, and I still love it, is genealogy. I love finding out about my ancestors. I think it's fascinating. And one day genealogy. I was doing
3: genealogy i am doing it my genealogy that's a song you don't know that spencer oh i thought no. you're
2: gonna finish it you're not gonna no. finish kevin i don't know that
1: sometimes song. i don't feel like finishing linda are you sucking on your bird
2: <laughs> yes i'm sucking on my bird <laughs> <laughs> um so one day i'm doing genealogy and i'm looking up information about marianne angel Brigham wife And I see a quote by her, and it said, God will be very cruel if he doesn't offer compensation for the life we have endured in polygamy.
0: Oh, and
2: this was like, like Joseph Smith when he saw the, you know, beam of light, or like he was filled with light when he, you know, read the scripture in the Bible or whatever, like the, this was your first vision. This was my first vision. And I literally felt like I was full Mm -hmm. of. Light. Like I was like, this is like groundbreaking. There's some information that I have not acknowledged that I knew was true. And I haven't been paying attention to it. And I was like just shocked. I sat there stunned, like looking at the computer page. And just a couple links down from that quote was the CES letter. And if you don't know what the CES letter oh, is, lovely. um, and I clicked on that link and I started reading. And I was just like, I was just kind of scanning the document. I'm just going through and I'm like, Okay. So I'm done with this, I guess. And at the time hey. I was in the primary presidency, um, in my in Draper, I like was fully believing everything. And within an hour, I was like, what just happened? And my sister had left a couple of years before. Um, and I remember texting her and being like, I don't know what's happening. It's like your world shatters, right? Like you're like, all of a sudden, I don't understand. And this was a little bit after the church had made mention of that, um,
0: Uh, The the edict
2: uh, that uh, children of gay parents would not receive blessings, uh, baby blessings. They couldn't be baptized. They wouldn't be accepted as members of the church until they were 18 and could give permission, which is what it should be anyway. But anyway i digress so yeah it was after that and i'd been struggling with that as a a member of the primary presidency because you know i love the kids in the in the uh, the ward they were so sweet and everything and i'm thinking this is totally against everything jesus ever preached about in the bible this is so wrong and people were just like you just have to trust that god will make it right you know just just wait and see and eventually they rescinded that um uh policy but
3: they were speaking as men yeah i guess i guess but
2: you know it I think it. I w- it would be interesting to know how many people left the church because of that. It would be fascinating to know, like the exodus of Mormons that left the church because of that. It was a lot. I'm not,
1: I'm sure.
2: Yeah.
1: It was a ton. Yeah. How about you, Will? You said you said we're on a similar yeah. timeline. I'm, I I've never heard yeah. your story. I will say. So. Um, so, so I'm. Curious. I i do not know.
4: I've always I've always been one of those. Um, I was always one of those like rebellious kids growing up. Um, anybody that knows me personally probably has heard some of the stories of me being rebellious. Um, and so I've always just had, I feel like looking back, like hindsight 2020, of course, but like looking back, I think I've always had some, or at least growing up in Mormonism, I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever truly believed without a doubt like, I think there was always something in my head. Like, I think I've told stories on, on this podcast about how, like, even in just, like, like the little kid church classes, I'd always be like, oh, why do you receive the revelation? Like, I feel the spirit right now, so how come your spirit is telling me something different? Like, I always, I have this, like, disconnect, from you
3: were little, little shit is what you mean. You were a
4: yeah. shit. <laughs> I was, I was. And we're
2: so glad for that.
4: Yeah, I, I got pulled out of the hall in classes, uh, in church classes all the time because I would like bring up things. Well, like I don't think that's right. The Spirit's telling me something different. Like I would oh, literally say that.
2: I love that.
4: And and so I was I was always kind of like this like little free thinker and ch- kind of challenging the lesson um in Sunday school. And, um, but I was still like a member of the church and I would do all the things I'd go to baptism for the dead all the fucking time. I did early morning seminary. I, I did all, I did all the stuff. Um, but then when it was time to go to college, I had this high school girlfriend that I was just obsessed with. I, um, I've mentioned in the past, like I, I, I suffer from depression and anxiety and having having a significant other really takes away a lot of that stress it's not a healthy way like that is not a healthy way to deal with your mental illness do not do that if you're suffering from mental illness go see a therapist therapists are life-changing seriously um but that's I didn't know it at the time and so that's kind of how I dealt with it and so I was just like obsessed with having a girlfriend and Uh, We moved out, went to Utah State, and at this time, I was kind of already, like, I just wasn't going to church, but I wasn't, like, out of the religion. Like, I, I hadn't made the decision that, like, oh, I don't fully disbelieve anymore. Like, it was more of, like, oh, I'm trying out, like. You were a Jack Mormon. You were a little. I was a Jack Mormon. I was definitely a Jack Mormon where I was, like, Oh, I still believe, but like I'm gonna choose my own path, type of thing. And then, and then when the 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 like the policy change around um, children uh, of gay parents and um, all that stuff started to happen, that's when I started to actually because that's when I actually started to get more into like progressive politics too. And I I looked at that. And I saw that the church was making this like horrible, like decision that would punish gay people. And I just could not understand it. It Like, it just baffled my mind. Like, why would, like, because in the context of this time, I was still believing. So I was thinking like, why would Jesus want to make gay people suffer and have their children denounce them? in order to join his church it like it just like was this cognitive like disconnect that i couldn't do the gymnastics for and that was also the time belinda uh, it was interesting that you mentioned this that i found the ces letter and i started reading the ces letter and i I started finding out like (sighs) the 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 book of abraham that's like just yes oh my
0: gosh Yes, oh, like, shit. to me that
2: was more magical than the Book of Mormon itself because well, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like some dude just happened to have a skeleton with like this so, ancient scripture with it. What? Well, so, <laughs> so, to what those that?
1: for yeah. for those who don't know, the Book of Mormon the is
2: the primary
1: yeah. canon of the Mormon Church. Yes, the Book of Abraham is a uh, an ancient scripture purported Egyptian? to be translated Egyptian in nature, translated by the the. Uh, Prophet, prophet joseph smith,
0: smith.
1: Yeah. into a scripture all right so the what what, what mormon's book of abraham that's what we're that's that really
3: considered the word me. of god right yes. like,
4: yeah well <laughs> that that really affected me because the book of abraham or is it the pearl of great price that the book of abraham yes is yes, yes. yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: so uh, the pearl of great price was like my favorite part of the book of mormon because that was like, to me in my head at the time, that was like the most scientific part of the Book of Mormon. That was like explaining, like the Book of Abraham, I know, the Book of <laughs> Abraham was like, it's so like you have like the Book of, like the, the book of Genesis, which was like the, in the Bible, which kind of gives you an outline of how the universe was created. The creation, yeah. Yeah, but the Book of Abraham goes into more details about how consciousness was created, it, according to like said, the yeah, Mormon's intelligence, yep. And so, to me, obviously, like if if you heard our discussion from last week, like that sort of stuff just fascinates me, like to no end, like still to this day. You're
3: going off the deep end, Will.
4: You're going off the deep. I'm not. And so, the Book of Abraham, to me, was like the most fascinating, like book of Scripture to me of all time. I would like reread it all the time. I've read it like. Yeah. I probably can't even count the amount of times I've read it. I'm so going to read it I read, tonight. I, <laughs> so when I read it in the CES letter about how like, oh no, like Egyptianologists have like re like, they say it's just like another like funeral parchment that they would include with mummies. Like it wasn't, Definitely. it wasn't anything unique. It was super no. common. And then that along with, um, I had no idea that Joseph Smith had different accounts of the first vision.
2: Right? Many,
4: and many, many—like six or seven different types no, of. No, more
1: account. more than that. I'm pretty
4: sure. Is it more? Yeah, I'm sure it's more. And and so like after reading that, and uh, so like during this time, the, like I was really concerned about like the church's stance of the of gay members, and um, then I read all the stuff, and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I just. I I, I got to distance myself from this because I just, it, it doesn't at this time. Um, it's also important to mention that um, me and the person who I moved out with were like breaking up. So this was kind of like a tumultuous time in my yeah. life. And yeah. so I was just kind of trying to redefine myself. And I was just like, I can't, I can't deal with this church thing anymore. Like, if, if I'm going to join a church, I'm going to make sure it stands up to my morality and not to some morality that's dictated to me. Yeah. And so that's, that's, I, I submitted, I had to go through the, the lawyer that set up quitmormon.com. Same. Yeah. <laughs> praise him. So praise him. I, right? I messaged, Praise like, to the man. Who set this up was, Quit this Mormon. was before he set up the website. So like I messaged him on Reddit and i got like his email and we went back and forth and he finally sent my resignation and then the bishop of the ward up in Logan Utah that i had never talked to sent missionary after missionary four four sets of missionaries wow in one month when i sent my resignation letter four sets of missionaries like it was insane, and so I just was like, "No, I'm, I'm completely done with this shit," and um, that's how it went. That that's how that's how I left. And then it's beautiful. I, I told my parents uh, who are very Mormon, and I love them to death. So I, I'm not going to get into like the the familial aspect of this because I think it's old it's old history for me. But um, I remember when I told my parents, it was like in passing. It was like like oh, I was on my I was like on my, I was like on, I was, I was like in uh, my hometown, coming back home from college, and I was like on my way to bed, and I was just like, oh, by the way, I just barely resigned from the church, and then I went to bed. Night. It's amazing.
2: I (laughs) slept and told my family.
4: (laughs) But they know. That,
2: that, have they know I don't go, but I
4: think it's oh. like um, that. That caused that caused a lot of drama in my family, which
1: I'm I'm just not going to get into this podcast. because it's fine.
2: But there's always drama surrounding that, right? There's yeah,
1: like, yeah. Um, for me, it was more like, yo, none of us are coming back. At least most of your kids. So yeah, deal with it. And I put my shades I, on and I walked off. I will say this though. <laughs> um So to
4: the to shades me, come
2: down like the meme. <laughs> two
4: two things from the fallout of that story though was just uh after that that's like when me and my uh girlfriend at the time we we had broken up and seriously like that year after of me like leaving religion and leaving um because like I said this is when I was like starting to explore like more progressive politics and like kind of Expanding my mind out of this conservative mindset. That's that's when I got my first boyfriend, which is super awesome. I right? that. And and also that was a really um developed, I don't know how to describe this. Me and my parents kind of had like a falling out, but then I I feel like I've helped them see the light of like actual love, like love, where it's not
1: contingent on what religion you're part of love is big love is huge exactly. like love maybe we'll save yeah. this for another episode as well but I'm, yeah. I'm hot on this whole like idea that love is expansive and can yes. account for many things
4: i, w- I would Are love you? to hear your perspective on this because like like during this time like i said there's kind of like a falling out in my family and over over the it's taken years but like me and my family, me and my parents, me and my mom and dad, they're, they're like my best friends. And like they're still super Mormon. And like that's kind of why you might hear me on this podcast try to defend Mormons just a little bit. Because I know that there are people who still believe in that religion.
2: Oh, of course.
4: Genuinely try to live in Jesus Christ's footsteps even if there even if if my understanding of Jesus and like the doctrine that he used to teach if he existed i i would think that he would be a loving person and he would he would love gay people he would love sex workers he would he would love every single person that's sure. at least how i feel like if you actually took his doctrine to heart i feel like that's who my parents are is like yeah. they they yeah. they're not they're not like the doctrine like cultists of of mormonism they're, they're genuinely loving people yeah. so yeah, yeah, if, you, if you hear me defending mormons on this podcast just know it's out of love and there, are
2: i mean your parents
4: are young enough though i wouldn't be surprised if they left at some point
2: yeah. no, and, no, no. And
4: they're they're much older. They're 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 older than Kevin, so that's pretty old. But still
0: like they're <laughs> oh, not Jesus fucking
1: Christ. 78 and 81 like my parents. Fuck you. You know.
2: <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Take,
1: I just wanted account- to focus uh,
0: Kevin. Kevin. I love you. I love you, Kevin. He's
2: All like, the
3: people
0: well, that we I'm know your father.
3: I was like, your parents are older than my parents.
4: And then I was like, <laughs> no. Well, he said me.
0: <laughs> no.
4: my, my mom's birthday was just the other day. She turned oh, fuck. I'm not even gonna guess. Don't I'm even say guess. it. Yeah, it's fine. I think it's older than 50. Maybe <laughs> oh, 50.
0: I, don't <laughs> I don't know.
4: I don't I you, know. Love you Mom. I know Happy birthday
1: i'm sorry have i dated your mom oh god okay belinda you had a thought i didn't mean to go no i was
2: just gonna (laughs) say that all the people we know that are still members of the church and trying to make it work even nuanced people whatnot they're part of an abusive organization it's It's true It's literally and so taking that to account i'm trying to give space to people who like just are trying to live in a, an abusive situation right we like have so if many, if you've many hours known, of content
1: to cover right yes, right like absolutely if you've ever known
2: who's been in somebody who's been in an abusive relationship and has acted weird or you know done odd things or whatnot it's the same thing really
4: yes yeah. belinda i'm glad you i'm glad you mentioned that because uh, i'm not the, the, don't don't turn this into another segment yeah. but um um, on Twitter, it's, there's been a lot of Mormons speaking out since right. the, the rainbow day that we had a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's actually been really beautiful to see. Like the, these, these Mormons who are like progressive Mormons who are actually in their mind, like I, I'm not on their side, of course, right, but right. like in their mind, they're, they're trying to be more accepting to, to quote unquote doubters. And so there's been a few people that have, like, these really great Twitter threads trying to, like, talk about how their disbelief in some parts of the doctrine, um, how, like, how they could influence the church to be more, like, Inter, like allow, allow different diversity into True. the room
2: and this is kind of segues into kevin's exit from the church right oh,
4: great great but like just finish off yeah. this thought was just like i i'm sorry guys like i i know so many great progressive mormons right
0: they're
4: not gonna change the church no. that's not what it's set up for it's... they're they're not they're not gonna be lgbtq plus friendly they're not yeah. gonna be non-racist they're not gonna be
1: anti-racist
4: they're not gonna i'm sorry guys they're just not going to be yeah. it's not part of their okay room. i
1: have i have a quick question for belinda
4: yeah
1: how are you not like on the floor passed out because i've had most of this cocktail and you made a double i mean well
2: my mine wasn't overproof
1: and you have a bird so, I also have a
2: bird, a blessing bird. It's like blessing me
1: with like endurance. No, I'm fucked up, really. It's Holy like shit. Um, okay. So, Kevin, how yeah, did you leave yeah, go the ahead, search? Kevin?
3: We'll
1: wrap I up. I will with say, Kevin.
3: I had a, sh- a double, like a two ounce shot of rum before the show, mm-hmm. right before the show as it started. And then I've had three cocktails. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> Damn. I'm, feeling,
3: I'm feeling some things. I'm feeling a burning in the bosom. There you go. Uh, but, uh, Holy Ghost. Oh no, it's a great segue. It makes a great point. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: Kevin was trying well, to make makes change. a great point. Yeah.
3: So you probably all have heard the phrase I I'm gonna stay inside and try and change the church with from within. Um yeah. that, that was me for a long ass time. Like a bless, really bless your heart, very, Kevin. Long time. Um So my, I never really had a shelf, if I'm being honest with you. Um, Neither did I. I mean, yeah. So so my shelf was not based on the religion. It was based on um, strict idea of following rules and believing that my parents and those who cared about me had my best interest at heart. So when we talk about burning in the bosom, when we talk about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of revelation, any of these things, like I never felt that ever Um, in any of the ways anyone described. And same situation as you all, um, whether it was in my childhood, in my teen years, in my early, late teen years to early 20s, asking primary teachers, Sunday school teachers, seminary teachers, bishops, whatever. Like, how do I really feel the things you're telling me I should be feeling um, that will feed me? Um, And I, I just never felt them. And after a while, when you don't feel those things, guess what happens? When you live in a culture of constant every week, many times a week by multiple people, people talking about being righteous and because of their righteousness, them feeling those feelings. Yeah, That's what you start to do. You start to just fucking not talk yeah, about yeah. it anymore. Yeah. And you fake it till you make it. In fact, I was literally told that by a bishop before. Like, just if you, I mean, this this is actually almost every general conference of the LDS church, they talk about faking it till you make it. They call it other things. endure
1: endure to the end
3: doubt your doubts doubt your doubts Kevin shut your
4: brain Um, off yeah
2: like a light (laughs) switch right
4: so it's kind of like it's kind of like when you're depressed just be happy you know just yeah
2: don't worry be happy
3: and guess what happens when you're a rule follower by nature and you're told if you only follow the rules in exactness you will receive all of these blessings but you don't feel them guess what happens you become obsessive about following the rules right um except masturbation like i just <laughs> love love to beat it from yeah, a fairly but, uh, early age and like yeah ah, i didn't really want to talk to grown <laughs> ew, ass that man mean, about ew. that yeah so i never really confessed to that and that's probably the downfall of me this is why i am the awful person i, I, am uh, today, just, I know i masturbation
4: I, I I did go to my bishop one time. Yeah. About watching porn. Yeah. It ended up horribly.
1: Yeah. It's super, it's super awkward when your bishop is your dad, though. I'll just say that.
3: Oh, cool. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, oh, <laughs> Done, you man. Oh,
4: boy. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: so here's the thing I followed all the rules except for masturbation. Um, literally, like, I'm deacon scorn president, I'm teacher's scorn president, and I'm, pre first it, what the fuck ever they call it The they don't have a president because weren't you like
2: the ap president. on your mission and shit
3: i was like, ap on my mission yeah that was that was me seminary too man. graduate all those wow. things i never were like didn't pay tithing. i never didn't home teach i never didn't i'm talking like all through
0: yeah
3: um was i always like doing all the things more mature no but i tried really fucking hard because i got this thing and we should do an episode one day where we talk about this thing called your patriarchal blessing which is this alleged prophecy from a so yeah. a fortune telling it's fortune telling yeah for your that's life. that's allegedly a direct revelation to you about your future so it's fortune telling belinda's yeah. absolutely right and, and uh um, <laughs> I, I, I partially couldn't. believe in it.
4: I'm sorry. You believe in fortune telling? In patriarchal,
2: patriarchal
1: blessings? blessings?
4: I believe channel shit? I believe that some people could um, possess the ability of clairvoyance. I okay. do believe that. But that's, but, but that's different than a The grandpa thing. in your ward, think, your state. I think patriarchs I'm sorry to cut you off, Kevin. I'm so sorry. Um, I believe patriarchs Have some ability of like they may be some sort of um, person who has more of a clairvoyant ability,
3: but it's shrouded.
4: It's shrouded in religiosity, and so then they cloud their clairvoyancy in the religious context that they're trying to. So here's
3: why. Here's why I'm going to call bullshit on this. The very first patriarch of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints <laughs> Christ, was Joseph was Joseph Smith's father. Um, why was he called as a patriarch? Because he was fucking Joseph Smith's father. No, it's
1: because he's Joseph's night and, Joseph white white and delights in Fair, fair needed, point. Needed, fair needed point.
4: Kevin. Counterpoint, counterpoint. There <laughs> have been literal studies where people uh, have- I'm not doubting but, that. Okay, I'm not but, doubting but, that. The, there have been literal studies of people who possess the ability of ESP and different clairvoyance and different, like, uh, mental abilities.
3: Some people don't like
4: sports, Will. I, it's fine. No, don't it's, all not about ESPN. Sports. it's not ESPN. about sports. ESPN, yeah. No, ESP, not ESPN.
3: Uh, 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 extrasensory what? perception.
4: Yeah. Exactly. People do possess those abilities. It is a true. it is, that is a true. fact. true.
0: I, not I, I am
4: not arguing that in one bit. What I'm
3: no, saying is we're on the same I've, I've literally seen how, literally seen how callings are made within the church, both at the patriarch level, which at one point in time, not so much anymore, was a very, very prestigious, like, it's oh, like yeah. semi-prestigious at best now. But Fair enough. Um, I, I, I accept your If you're old and if you're seemingly wise because you're blind or you're super old or you no i'm serious no, seriously i'm dead fucking serious. serious or you have a weird haircut like weird is, it's God. is that random they have so all the what i'm weird saying haircuts. whether whether esp or clairvoyance or any of these things are real tying that to the patriarch calling in the lds church is not relevant fair uh, enough in, in my opinion i will give you that I, I uh, so got this, um, especially if you as you start comparing patriarchal blessings, which you
2: know. I don't friends, even know where mine is. We should compare friends out there,
3: please feel free to send us your patriarchal blessings and your temple names. We would love them. Oh. Uh, but that being said, my patriarchal blessing told me how I was going to have angel visitations and how I was going to have um, revelations and all these fucking things.
1: But
2: what
3: is an angel, Kevin?
1: What is an angel?
3: I was fucking terrified of that shit. Marianne Angel, maybe. Maybe they were just talking about Belinda. The or
2: yeah, or maybe the TV show "Touched by an Angel." Michael Landy
3: could touch me all day and all night.
2: No, that was "Highway to Heaven." "Touched by an Angel" was that late Irish lady.
3: Okay. Yeah, I okay I'm sorry to derail the conversation. So, sorry. So Mormons, Kevin, going to church, doing the things, serving the mission, BYUing for days. Mm-hmm. Um, I come home, I get married to the wonderful woman who waited for me on my mission from my BYU freshman year. Life's good. Like, we're having a good time. We're doing the things. Um, meanwhile i still don't feel a fucking thing and i'm terrified to tell people about this because
2: that means you're not in my mind
3: that means they must know about either my masturbation or whatever you know um so i don't so i just keep trying harder doing more do all my home teaching and call the the elder scorn president the week before the month's over and say who didn't get home taught how can i help can i home teach some people that aren't going to get home taught like all of these things kevin Meanwhile, you- shockingly i get all these callings because i'm willing to do all this free fucking labor for everyone did you um, do
4: this in a spreadsheet
3: probably yeah. <laughs> likely um but so at some point In my mid-30s, I would say, um, probably my early to mid-30s, I remember something about turning 33 and my brother saying, dude, you're older than Jesus now. Um, But uh, I remember being very conservative politically, very do everything that I can to um, be the best member of the church I can. And one day meanwhile meanwhile my now ex-wife the lovely person that she is she's great but we're not married anymore but um she is an academic she's a scholar she's at byu but then at other universities learning about the ways of the world throughout history and all generations of time um and i'm meanwhile kind of soaking some of this up and starting to realize like what do i actually think for myself and it started with politics and i was like hmm i don't know that i am a republican maybe i'm a libertarian so i looked into libertarianism and i'm like "Eh, you're like i need i like i
1: like (laughs) roads I like not being a psychopath
3: yes
0: if you've um, talked
1: to a libertarian you know that me, but go ahead kevin
3: <laughs> Yes. So, so pretty much that so and my my now ex-wife is a devout democrat so i was like oh i must be a fucking democrat because what else is left and then i studied that a little bit and i was like I don't know oh. if I'm that either so i became politically intimate um and and have been to this day uh, ever since um But shortly thereafter, both my ex-wife and I were like, we have concerns about race in the church, about women in the church, about sexual identity in the church, about even just fucking, like, relating to the human experience and history in the church, Um, whether it be, like, science, evolution, things like that, or, like do we really think a man fucking took two of every fucking beast on the earth and put it on a ship and like the whole world was killed other than the things on that ship. So anyway, we're kind of like mentally challenged, right? Like we're working on these things like, but meanwhile, we're still very faithful, very like involved in the church. It's the only thing both of us raised in the church. Like it's the only thing we've ever known in terms of our spiritual life. We come to, I don't remember what the year is, I believe it's shortly before what you all were talking about, the policy.
0: May 15. Um,
3: but there is a man named John Dolan, and there's a woman named Kate Kelly and they are both active members of the church um, who are questioning some of the things within the church. Um, is John Dolan still active? He's excommunicated. So that's okay, part of my uh, Oh,
1: He had his membership rem, uh, revoked or withdrawn. That, that's a new term. Membership withdrawn. <laughs> of
3: course. Yeah. Let the kinder, gentler version of excommunication. <laughs> at a
1: membership council.
4: Yes. Which so, was fairly done. No no unfairness at all. No, of course not. Um, and shout out to
3: Natasha, by the way, if she's listening. Absolutely.
4: But,
3: uh, Thank you for all you Anyway. Did. Yeah. Um, sex is cool. Um, anyway, so um, so the summer comes, this is summertime, and they both get excommunicated, and we're both devastated, like devastated. Like, go to work in the morning, barely make it through the day, come home, barely cobble together some sort of dinner, or order pizza, or whatever, for the children that we have at the time, and then literally, like, go lay in bed, and be depressed like both of us oh. like just it was like a month to two months of just like heartache and depression because because going back to what we talked about we classified both of ourselves in the same boat as these two people and it's not that i mean both of these people were like more high profile but we saw ourselves reflected in them if you can see their image in your counter, hold panel. it up <laughs> um you know that song um so at that point we kind of started to diverge from each other's paths we were very much on a parallel path at that point and i happened to be like i'm distancing myself slowly but surely from this this organization and she was like okay i'm gonna be all in and, you know, can I falter? No, it could have easily. If if I would have had to guess a year before this happened, I would have thought it would have been the other way around, to be honest with you. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into too many personal details. Eventually we divorced and, like, um, the church wasn't the only part of that. But certainly it, it played a portion of... Um, what uh, put a wedge in our in our relationship so Um, but I continued to go to church uh, even after the John and Kate Kelly thing I did too Um, I read a book um, maybe a year later I would say something like that Um, I was just reading a book one night I was working kind of a late shift Mm -hmm. And Everyone would be asleep and I wouldn't want to turn the TV on and wake people up or whatever, so I'd read, uh, which was great. Actually, it's literally right here on the shelf. Hold it up. I've held on to it for these years because it means a lot to me, actually. It's just called The History of the World uh, by Andrew Marr. I picked it up. It's a British book, a British author, um, when I was living in London. Um, And so I'm reading one night, and I'm reading about the history of the world, right? Like, and it's kind of prehistory, early history. It's talking about gods with an S on the end, and religions, and like from a historical perspective, kind of why they were created and why they started this movement of religions and gods and things like that. And it's like literally a light switch was flipped. And I was like, oh, I now know why God hasn't spoken to me. I don't think he's real. Mm-hmm. I don't think the version of God um, that's been taught to me all these years is real. And all the rules and obligations and commitments and things that I've I've made to this person now seemingly aren't important or don't matter as much anymore. Because I don't even think the person that I made than what is real anymore. And so um, I I still couldn't say it was a quick spiral, but it was a quicker spiral where both my marriage, unfortunately, and my um, membership in the church became um, less important to me. Um, Which is sad to say, especially on the marriage side of it, but I just couldn't see a way forward anymore. Meanwhile at the time I'm working for the LDS church in at the missionary training center and I can relate to that just, I was
1: I was teaching at BYU I can relate to that
3: Yeah and so it's a little um I mean, it's a little scary to be honest yeah. with you when like your your financial resources for both you and your spouse at the time are tied to a job that's tied to your membership in the church well Um,
4: what's what's so crazy is like every every summer for whatever reason a whole bunch of people that went to byu come out like they come out of the closet graduate and
3: they get their certificate yeah
4: yeah yeah it's scary for a lot of people so it is
3: and i i can completely relate to that and and uh you know
1: And for some people, their pension is even tied to it. Like you can't be yourself.
3: Small pension that I had is no more. Yeah, Um,
1: your 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 ability to live your truth is contingent on. Okay, do you want to lose your pension, your benefits, or do you want to be yourself? Do you want to be true to yourself? Yeah, it's fucked up.
3: So so I'm finishing off the story here, Um, and it does tie back to all of your story so i'm sitting in a general conference of the lds church the twice a year meeting that they have for everyone no, no no sorry it's the week before that it's the sunday before that i'm in sacrament meeting and i get a message from my wife at the time who says why are you here I'm like, we came to church together what the fuck are you talking about like um and she's like no why are you here you seem so angry I was like, what? And she's like, you're making faces like every time someone says something. (laughs) And then I realized she's absolutely right. Like, you know, like you know, like when you're so hungry or you're so tired, like everything just bugs you. Everything just I was mentally just exhausted, mentally hungry for something that meant something to me. So she said, why don't you just leave? So I did. So I, I walked out the building. I went for a walk for a couple hours. We talked later that night and I was, she was like, why don't you take a break for a month? Because up until like literally up until this week, I'm there every week, I'm serving, I'm doing whatever they ask of me. I'm paying the fees, I'm you know doing all the things. Um, and I said, I think that's a good idea so the the following week was general conference week and she's like oh we don't even have to watch general conference it's fine like um and literally by like one week later that Sunday evening I let her know like I'm not coming
1: back that's interesting for me it was you know I remember being asked the same question hey or not even the same asked the same question but along the same lines you don't have to be here if you yeah you seem uncomfortable because i would go and just have like panic attacks and just rock back and forth in the pew because i was struggling so much and my wife at the time was like you don't have to be here but at the same time i didn't want to play into the stereotype which admittedly is part of the mormon church the black people are unreliable unfaithful, not hardworking all this stuff and if i stop going all of a sudden I was going to be that thing, yeah. that person, yeah. the caricature of blackness for them, and I was like, nope, I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's not what I'm gonna do. If I'm gonna do it, it's on my own terms, and it's it's not gonna play into your narrative.
4: So I yeah. think I think a lot of people that leave the church have um, kind of a kind of a similar experience because like I remember like, I remember the first time, like, I told my parents, like, oh, no, I'm not going to church this week. Like, it's, it's both, like, a really, like, terrifying, like, you're telling somebody that, like, you're not, I, I it's, I don't even know how to describe it. it it's like, like, you're
2: dying, essentially, because then you're lost spiritually, right, to them for eternity. Yes. Because the church teaches that if you're righteous, your whole family will be together forever. And ever and ever, yes. ever. And so yes. that tells your mother, your poor mother, that she will no longer have you for eternity, and, and, and you breaking also, her heart.
3: You also know that your poor mother is going to withhold herself from food every month yep. in your name, yep. and she's going to pay even more money to the church in your name because they're terrified mm-hmm. that if they don't do those things, that are literally just self-serving to the Mormon Church um then they're gonna lose you forever
0: and
4: those are those are all tools of of religions or of um cults uh, yeah how do you put it high demand religions high demand
1: religions yes
4: high demand (laughs) religions where where (laughs) they they employ these like cognitive tools to try to force people to go to church like they, they they make people judge themselves and make people feel guilty using their own logic yeah, to get them to go to church and to believe in the religion and to me when I left it was like really I know some people go through um, a lot of ex-Mormons at least that I've seen online um, in discussions um, they go through like this this period of like I don't even know how to describe it like where they feel like they're 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 no longer I I don't know how to describe it let me describe how I felt where I felt free like like to me it felt freeing like it felt like like the sins like the the fear and guilt of of committing sins was no longer part of something that the church could define Right. It was for me it was a freeing feeling where i could be like no i'm i'm not going to church anymore but i don't feel like a bad person i feel right. i feel like the the sins that the church defines i don't feel like those are sins yeah but you know what i will feel like i i have sinned when i do something that goes against my own morality exactly. like
0: yeah
4: but but the transition from the the Mormon or Christian morality to your own self-defined and like self-identified morality that yeah. that transition is really difficult
2: it's a big deal yeah for sure it because you not. it's all the responsibility is now on you instead of God right and taking on that responsibility is a big feeling I think and we should definitely have an episode that talks about we like you
1: and you like, you craft your own morality and decide what's what's exactly. what is right I, what is wrong I, what's up what's down I, that's, that's for i, you I to was decide. i would absolutely
4: love to have maybe maybe next week or the week after or something um a like uh, a discussion on morality because like i feel i yeah me Mojitos and
3: morality, and morality. <gasps> cream liqueur core yes morality yes
4: spencer <laughs> um morality to me um uh, I'm, I won't get into it, but like I, I subscribe more to like the the like Buddhist like karmic.
1: Yeah, like, and I uh, I definitely take a, a more relativistic. Uh, relativistic.
0: Uh, that's that's a much better. Yeah. We'll yeah, talk
1: we that. we all came into each other's lives in different ways. It's been beautiful. um We're gonna wrap up here, but yes um certainly we you know we we welcome your questions if you're if you're like hey wait a minute tell us more about this or that oh and 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 tell us your stories tell tell us how you left
4: the church we would love to hear about it we would love to hear that i've had several people message me asking me how about uh because they didn't they they knew i had left the church but they didn't know that i was a member of the church originally and they Mm. asked like how i exited the church
1: so Please share your stories. I would love to hear that. Absolutely. I think I think one of the, the great things about stories is it kind of normalizes the experience because it is a normal thing to grow and develop and change your mind and, you know, come into your own belief or point of view about about reality and the world. <laughs> Kevin's going straight need to for the road.
2: And if you need to send it in a private message and you don't feel like sending it in a public comment on one of our
1: uh, absolutely posts, Feel
2: free to do that. Yeah, totally fine. Send us yeah. a message. Yeah,
1: Fun. Speaking, but speaking, you know what? You're
2: not alone. You
1: know what?
2: Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe!
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, speaking of posts, you can find us on YouTube. Just uh, search for Thirst Impressions. Hopefully, you'll see us pop up with the beautiful blue thumbnail. On Instagram, at Thirst Impressions Podcast, I believe. And let's see where else uh, Thirst Impressions. I'll show, and of course, the Twitter at Thirst Pod.
3: The Zuck. The Zuck space whatever. oh yeah zuck
1: space thirst impressions zuck podcast space on facebook. facebook absolutely yes and we'll That's see you guys next week thanks everyone love you all
0: Cheers. bye bye
4: Bye. linda that that pineapple was amazing how did that happen
2: I know, when sister said that, I was like, oh.
3: The Holy Spirit guides.
1: Long and thick down to the root.
2: Oh my God, we were at a friend's house last night and uh, what, did, what was said? And the kid said, oh, I have a piece of meat you need to salt, <laughs> little 10 year old kid. <laughs> I remember my first dirty joke that I heard in elementary school and I repeated it to my little sister. So this girl went on this date with a guy. She, he had a date coming up and he didn't have a tie to wear on their date. He had, obviously you have to wear a tie on a date. And so, but he had a really long penis. And so he took his penis and he tied it around his neck in a bow. And then they went to the movies and um, she was feeling flirty during the movie. <laughs> and she started playing with his tie. And then um, there was an announcement over the loudspeaker that said...
1: And then his tie got hard and he killed himself.
2: No, no. Even better. It, the loudspeaker... On the loudspeaker... <laughs> Choked him out. No, the, somebody came on the loudspeaker and said, well, the people on the front row, please stop throwing ice cream at the screen. <laughs>